Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Sharon presents today for her annual visit. All is well, but she's concerned about her children aged 10 and 14. They have friends they visit frequently and go home with. She knows the family that they typically visit with, and they know that the family are avid hunters, so they must have guns in their home. With all of the recent news, she is wondering how she can inquire about if there are guns in the home and how they're stored. Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me to discuss uh, the issue around pediatric safety in guns is Jill Terrian, associate professor and director of the Nurse Practitioners Program in the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Hi, Jill. Hi, Frank. So guns, this is a, this is a touchy issue. What, what do we know about guns, gun safety, and, and children? So we know a lot. There's a lot of evidence out there. We can talk about um, one-third of the homes in the U.S. with children have guns. So, you know, you talk about access. We know that um, there have been some data that have reported that suicide in children is changing. The demographic is changing. Whereas you would see male boys, the ages of 10 to 14 and 15 to 19, if you take those statistics, Mm -hmm. mainly were the ones that had the higher rates of suicide. And the use of guns for suicide, it was the number one method. But now what they've seen is a shift. So in girls ages 10 to 14 and 15 to 19, their rates of suicide have increased. The demographics are changing. And really, we have to open our eyes as you know, providers to, to look at what's, what's changing here and what the difference is. Yeah, I, I can't believe the pediatric suicide data. It's really, it's really alarming. It's interesting that um, uh, f- uh, 40% of uh, suicide attempts in children occur in very young age groups, uh, ages 5 to 11. So, so this, is a, this is a common problem, and it's a big problem, and it kind of flies below the radar. Um, specifically, you talked about firearm-related mortality. Can you tell me how does pediatric firearm death differ by where you live? So interesting, I saw an, an arm, a study that came out that looked at um, pediatric death in the United States, and they looked at the variation in firearm legislation at the state level. So recently, they had three state laws that looked at a reduction in overall deaths from firearms. And those areas were states that used universal background checks for firearm purchases, universal background checks for ammunition purchases, and then an identification requirement uh, with the purchase of firearms. Okay, so it sounds like those states that had um, a little bit more onerous uh, laws had what kind of outcome? So in the results, um, they looked at a five-year period, and they looked at the states that had these, and I'm going to call them stricter gun laws because that's what they are, and if they required a universal background check for the purchase of firearms, they had overall lower firearm-related pediatric mortality rates. 
Yep, I, that, I, I'm, I'm saddened to hear that, but I suspect that's true. We know just having a gun in the house leads to an increased risk of morbidity and mortality, um, especially in homes where that are at higher risk for domestic violence or where mental health uh, disorders are, are, are present. So what's our role? What's the role of the primary care provider in preventing pediatric mortality uh, related to firearms? We need to ask we need to ask at our patients' visits. So when you get, you know, the kids that get a little bit older um, and their mom's not coming in, you know, or their parent or, you know, family members not coming in with them, you know, you need to have a conversation with the kids. Are they, you know, are they feeling mentally healthy? And, you know, do they have any access to firearms? And, um, you know, if they do, let's just say they are hunters. Have they taken a hunter safety course? And, you know, there are different ways to approach it. But I think asking and having it as part of your your visit is our obligation to advocate for our patients and their families. As, as you noted earlier, um, firearms are the second leading cause of pediatric death in the United States. In our job, we, we give immunizations, we talk about seatbelts and drugs and alcohol. This is the second leading cause of death. And um, we're, we're healthcare providers. Our job is to look out for the health and well-being of patients, and sometimes that irritates people. But certainly, um, we are here living in Massachusetts, where they have stricter gun laws, and the rates of violent crime using firearms is much lower than some of the surrounding states that have lesser gun laws. So I, I suspect this is true, and it's it's very alarming that this is not just an adult issue; that it's it's an, a pediatric issue. What can we tell Sharon today? What can we tell her or offer her when she's got to talk to the parents of uh, her children's friends? Right. So this, this can be awkward. So I think that, you know, she needs to ask them. And you can couch it. You can mentor her and, you know, coach her in a way that maybe will make her feel less awkward. She can, you know, call them or she can go visit depending, you know, and just say, you know, I know she could say it right out there. You know, Johnny has told me that you guys are avid hunters and I'm wondering if, you know, you have guns in the home and just know that, you know, I don't have guns and they, she could even say that, you know, I just want to make sure that when my child is over here that, you know, you follow the basic principles that I've heard about, which are, you know, are they locked up and are they separated from the ammunition that, that they use? And, you know, and the other thing is, it is an awkward conversation you might say, you know, based on what's happened in the news lately, I'm really nervous, and I thought I would just ask you this because I'm, you know, I'm concerned. And you could try it that way. If it's not taken well because it is awkward, I mean, anybody that has, you know, guns and knows how to store them, you know, won't be sorry that you asked them. You could assure them this is what we do here. Other things, it might break a relationship. It might be very hard. You might want to ask Johnny's friend to come to your house and play if you're really feeling awkward about it. It's really, it's difficult. It's, a, it's difficult, but it's necessary. And I think you're totally right from my, my acquaintances who are hunters would be happy to answer that question and would feel confident that in that their, their proper techniques are something that they would respect and they'd respect you for being so concerned. So I think that makes really good sense. And, and if a parent does take offense, well, maybe you need to mitigate that by having the friend come to your house. Absolutely. And, 
you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics has, you know, they have some information on their web page and their site, but the really sobering statistic is that 78 children every day, and that includes teens and young adults, are injured or killed by guns in the United States. It's an alarming number. I mean, there's about 23,000 deaths every year from this. And so it's something that we really need to pay attention to, even though it can be uncomfortable um, to think about. No, and I think your point earlier, some of those 78 are accidents. Many oh. of those 78 are going to be suicide. And we're healthcare providers. Our job is to take care of mental health issues just like any other health issue. So it's incumbent upon us to ask, and it's incumbent upon us to give good advice. Well, you know, Frank, just I know we're talking mainly about pediatrics today, but another thing to think about is if you have a loved one that might be having a lot of job stress or going through a divorce or a bad relationship and they have access to guns, you might want to ask about removing those from the home or making sure that they are locked up safely and securely to help help your, your loved one. I think you're probably right, um, and we'll save that for another okay, podcast yeah. in the future. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. With firearms as the second leading cause of death in the pediatric population, ask parents and patients about their access to firearms. Join us next time when we talk about management of acute stroke and new data demonstrating that, as always, time is of the essence. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.